Here's what's coming up on this week's show. So can I rest now? Can I breathe? Yeah, I actually did think you were... I I don't know if I'm right, but I felt that sometimes you weren't holding your breath. (laughs) Because (laughs) when you were thinking, are you holding your breath? I I almost wanted to go, hello? Are you there still? It was a bit like an out-of-body experience, Claire. (laughs) Yeah, I have that effect. (laughs) The Beat. Welcome to the Big Little Business Show, the podcast that helps small business think big. Hey, hey, how you doing? Welcome to the Big Little Business Show. It's Paul Mumford over here, the lovely Claire Horsley over there. Claire, I have a bit of a problem. <laughs> Do you know? Yeah, you know, it, it, there used to be a time, right? And I think you could, you're just about old enough to remember. Mm-hmm. Pre-internet, think pre-internet now. So we're back in the dark ages. If you wanted to get in touch with someone, you either rang them up or went round their house. Mm-hmm. And that was it, right? Now, if someone wants to get in touch with you, You've got multiple options. Sure have. You've got WhatsApp, you've got Instagram, you've got Facebook Messenger, you've got email, and I'm sure there are others that I can't think of at the moment, uh, along with the phone call and the conventional methods. Which does get a bit confusing, Mm -hmm. because if someone leaves you a message, you have to remember where that conversation took place... So when you pick up that message again, you know where to go. Oh, on which platform do we have that conversation on? Uh, is is yeah. it just me, or does do you get that confusion? Absolutely, totally get that. Funny enough, last week actually, I I was horrified. I thought I'd forgotten to send somebody a response, and I hadn't. But I'd actually responded on a, one particular social media platform, and not the one that I thought. <laughs> so exactly, you know, my pa- it, it was panic over, um, but also as well keeping up the same method of communication so if you always do it one way I think it's good to continue that way because there's nothing more frustrating when you start getting messages from different different you know in different methods if there's an app that sort of consolidates all these messages into one place or if someone knows how you can do that please let me know because it would save me so much time yeah and it would mean that I wouldn't forget and and another thing while we're on that subject tell me if you do this right Mm -hmm. You get a, a text message come through on your phone from someone and you read the text message and you think to yourself, oh, I'll reply to that later. I don't have time now. Yeah. And then yeah. that time doesn't come because you forget all about it. And then all of a sudden they're reminding you, oh, did you get my message? And you, oh, damn, I should have replied to that. Yeah. So there needs to be another method. Another, this is another app, perhaps. Someone needs to be inventing this and you can have this idea for free uh, that reminds you if you haven't replied to a message. Sends you an alert or something. Actually, if somebody sends me a text, which is very rare, actually, um, it's it doesn't come naturally at the same way as, you know, the maybe the LinkedIn or the Facebook. So it just d- disappears into the abyss. Anyway, rant over. Claire, you're in charge this week. Every week we speak to an expert about um, something that's going to help you push your business forward and help you to think big and help you to grow. What's the subject this week? The subject this week is the power of video marketing. Oh, this would be exciting because I know quite a bit about this. Um, so tell me a bit more. Who are we talking to this week? Well, I'm going to be speaking to a gentleman by the name of Paul. <laughs> Right. And I'll give you a clue for his second name. Are you going to interview me? Sure, right. Are you ready? I certainly am. God, well, then we've never done this before, have we? How have we got through six months of the big little business show and not interviewed one another yet? I know. I thought it would be a totally different angle and a lot of fun. Okay, so then <laughs> are we doing this in the standard format? Yeah, so you better behave yourself and listen. <laughs> this is the big little business show. So, Mr. Mumford. <laughs> <laughs> this feels so weird. Are you sitting comfortably? 
I'm sitting, but that's about as far as it goes. I feel twitchy now. Twitchy, you're right, twitch away. So, tell me a little bit about your background. How did you come to be involved with video marketing? Oh boy, okay, right. So, uh, I was a graphic designer for 10 years, and then uh, I decided that wasn't for me. My passion, really, at that point, was to work in radio. I always wanted to do that, ever since I was a kid. And someone gave me an opportunity to go and uh, work as a travel reporter for a, a group of radio stations. This was based in London. Did that for a little while. Then got the mm -hmm. opportunity to become what they used to call a flying eye. I don't even know whether they exist anymore. Uh, we, I used to go up in a plane for, for two hours in the morning and two hours at night and do travel reports live from different locations across London and the southeast. Cool. And yeah, it was great fun. We did that for three and a half years. Really good fun to do. Brilliant. One of the radio stations that I worked for as a flying eye, I had quite a lot of rapport on air and used to do quite a lot of stuff away from the show as well. I used to go and do road shows and things like that. And then their breakfast guy said to me that he was going to leave. And then the next thing I know, I get a phone call from the boss of the radio station. And um, then before I know it, I'm then hosting the breakfast show. So I ended up doing breakfast shows for probably about eight years for different companies, for different um, radio stations. But then beyond that, I kind of got disillusioned with the industry and decided I wanted a bit of a change. So my other big passion at the time was health and fitness. So I ended up retraining myself, uh, left the radio industry full time uh, and launched my own business. Through a process of uh, sort of drifting back into the media, I started working for a few fitness magazines. I was just quiet one year and I thought, oh, I love this great idea. I thought to myself, do you know what would be great if um, if I, I did a whole bunch of videos and put them on um, social media, built an accumulating sort of workout. So that's what I did. I, I had a bit of quiet time. I put all these videos together and it started to turn into a thing and people started to pay me for doing this thing called the accumulator. Next thing I know, I get a phone call from Bloomsbury, the uh, publishers, wow. says, we love your accumulator idea. Do you want to write a book about it? And I was like, okay. I kind of one of these guys that I always say yes to everything and then work out how to do it afterwards. And that's kind of what I did with the book. Didn't really have any idea that I wanted to write a book in the first mm. place. But when you get an offer from Bloomsbury, one of the, you know, it's, it's, this is J.K. Rowling's publisher, one of the mm. biggest publishers in the world. You say yes, thank you. You do. Yeah. So the book came out, um, did really well in Australia, uh, got translated into Spanish. And it turned into a business. And suddenly there I was making video content for sale. People then started asking me if I'd start making videos for them because they saw my videos on social media and thought they were quite good. And kind of that's kind of what brought me to where I am now, really. This is what I love when we speak to people uh, about how a series of events has led them to be where they are today. So from the breakfast show to the flying eye to then creating the video content, it's, it's interesting from day one, where you've got to now. So with regards to the videos, now that's very different to speaking on radio, did you find that transition really difficult from speaking, you know, and offering, if you like, an audio service to then moving across to actually doing something visual? Well, kind of, no, not really, because I'd kind of done a bit of that um, when I was uh, working in radio full time anyway. I mean, obviously, I did a lot of things on stage. Presenting uh, in a sort of a visual capacity wasn't really anything unusual for me. I did a bit of telly. I'd done it. So it really wasn't uh, a big leap for me to go from behind the mic to behind the camera. So why is it so powerful then? Why do you think it works so well? Video marketing. We've all got a video camera in our pocket now, so therefore it's easier for everyone to make videos. Therefore, there are more videos to see. 
we're used to doing it uh, and it's accessible. We can all do it because we've all got the equipment in our pockets. You don't have to think that far back to realize that actually if you wanted to make a video to market your business in some way, then it would be A, very expensive and B, very difficult to do. Yeah, I mean, I, I remember having a video camera with a little cassette on the side and plugging it in. And God, you're really that old, Claire? Do you know, I thought, I thought, as soon as I said it, <laughs> I thought digging myself my own hole here. Um, you, you talked about is, is it accessible for everyone because, yeah, I'm sure it was really expensive for people to create video content. But now, of course, we've got technology at our fingertips, as you said, like with our mobile phones. So if people haven't already explored marketing their business through video, what three main things should you really be looking out for to do it effectively? The most important part of any marketing campaign is to understand who your audience is, whether it be a website, whether it be a photo or a video. For that matter, it makes no difference. You can make the best video in the world, but if you're not putting it in front of the right people and the people that you want to engage with and you're not pressing their buttons and you're not understanding what makes them tick, um, it doesn't get the results that you need. And that's something that I learned back from when I was on the radio. When you're marketing a breakfast show, you're marketing it towards a certain audience. You listen to any radio station, that they'll play a certain cross-section of music. Everything that, that goes on air is specifically for that demographic, that bracket of the population. You can translate that to video marketing really easily. It's the same thing. So if you have a certain audience that you want your business to attract, uh, certain people that you want to get through your door, then the more you understand what makes them tick and understand what their likes and dislikes are, what their needs are, what their frustrations are, then you can make a video that speaks directly to them and therefore they're more likely to react to you. Your video gets traction, gets likes, gets shares uh, and starts develop, developing some business for you. So I was going through some uh, photos and videos to clear out my phone at the weekend and I came across some outtakes from some videos that I've done, um, especially in the early days, which were absolutely hilarious and I've kept a couple. <laughs> Um, you know we love outtakes, Claire, on this show. <laughs> yeah, I know. I dread to think what you've got stored away in your back pocket. Um, but I was going through them and I thought I was right at the beginning. I was so um, focused on getting it right. Do you think it's really important to make sure that you only release videos that are perfect? Or do you think it's OK to also show some real sort of real life experiences and make a mistake? What do you think? Yeah, that's an interesting one because it, it's changed. Six, seven years ago, if you saw a video on social media, yes, it was polished and perfect. Whereas because it's a bit more immediate now video and people have got the access to a video camera straight away and they have the ability to be able to go live, audiences are more used to seeing mistakes mm -hmm. and seeing people be human. So therefore, they're a bit more forgiving about what they see on video now. While I think there still has to be an element of skill involved, and I think if you're if you learn to be a good presenter on a camera and you learn to be compelling and you learn to capture uh, people's attention, then your video is going to perform a lot better than someone who perhaps isn't so, quite so confident, doesn't know how to use a camera quite so well. There's still skills to be learned, but I think people are a bit more forgiving now than the, perhaps they used to be. So it, while it should be good, it doesn't necessarily have to be perfect. Definitely. So what about duration of a video? Is there some sort of statistic or recommendation that you would make as to how long a video should be? Um, I think partly it depends what the video is about. 
Um, if you're doing, I mean, you'll know that on one of my channels, I do quite a lot of cooking videos. There's a beginning, a natural beginning, middle and end with a cookery video, because obviously there needs to be a natural conclusion and people are more likely to hang around to see that. You can afford to be a little bit longer if there's a process and there's an end point to a process because people are going to hang around to see the whole thing. Ultimately, you want people to be able to see the whole video and be able to see right to the very end. If you're boring, then people aren't going to do that. Uh, and the danger is with all video platforms, be it YouTube, Instagram or uh, Facebook, is you get that little time bar down the bottom. So people can immediately see how long they've got to invest with you to be able to get to the end. So if you're boring them to tears in the first 30 seconds and they look on the time bar and see there's another 12 minutes of this rubbish, there's a fair chance they're going to go and start looking at videos of cute kittens or something. <laughs> but if you're good at it and you're compelling, then they're more likely to hang around. So I think length comes with practice. Uh, the more confident you are uh, at presenting a video and doing a video, then the longer people are more likely to stick with you because they're entertained and informed. You've been very well behaved. <laughs> Am I doing all right so far? You're doing all right, yeah, you'll do. Um, it still feels weird, though. <laughs> so I was going to say sound or no sound with a video, but that sounds completely stupid because obviously you're going to have sound. But what I mean by that is how many people will look at a video with sound um, and how many people will look at a video without a sound? Because I know sometimes myself in the evening, um, I'll have my headphones in or... If it hasn't got any dialogue underneath, I might not watch it. So how many people listen to a video with sound or is that a crazy question? No, that's a great question. Again, this all comes back to understanding how your audience behave. And a lot of that is down to thinking about how you behave and being honest with yourself and thinking about, right, wh at which point in my day do I scroll through social media and, uh, and look at stuff? What am I doing at that point? So for me personally... Uh, the only time I get to maybe browse, perhaps, is in the evening when my wife's watching some dull, boring soap on the TV that I've got no interest in. I don't want to be disturbing her with um, lots of loud videos coming off my phone. So um, I'll have the sound off. And that's how most people behave. Most people watch uh, and look at social media when they're not in a position to be able to turn the volume up. Uh, and they might be on a train, they might be on public transport, they might be waiting for a bus or any of those things, or sitting on the toilet. Let's be fair, most people do that. Most of us are in a situation where we want to see what we're doing, what we're looking at, rather than being able or in a position to be able to hear it. And I think the stats are something like with over eighty percent of people watch video without sound on on social media. See, that's crazy, isn't it? It is crazy. So while sound is important, and while it needs to sound good and it needs to sound fantastic, at the same time, your video needs to make as much sense without sound as it does with sound so it definitely needs captions it definitely needs text graphics of some kind so if you're in a position where you can't put the sound on uh, you'll notice on a lot of videos that some people have a caption that comes up to say turn the sound on that's right yeah that doesn't work because if you're not in a position to be able to turn the sound on you're not going to pay attention to the video regardless of what the message might tell you your video needs to make as much sense with and without sound because most people if there's no captions uh, and people can't understand what the video is about then people are just ignore it well thank you very much that leads me very nicely onto my next question which is you said about you've got a, something in your pocket to your phone to be able to you know produce the videos but is there enough um, technology on the phone to do that or would you suggest 
any other particular pieces of software or like you know the captions that you were talking about can that be done on your phone or do you need to invest in something else oh you're coming out with some killers today claire yeah i know these are good thank you it's like you've planned it's like you've planned this <laughs> who would have thought <laughs> <laughs> um so uh, yes you can um you can produce a basic video straight from your phone very easily there are apps that will do the captions for you um, some are better than others with most of these things you do get what you pay for um, I haven't found an app yet that does the caption thing really well well the way most caption generators work is they will trawl through your video listen to what you're saying and make a best guess at what you're saying. Oh, that could be dangerous. Yeah, exactly right. Yeah, some are, some are better at doing the, doing it than others. Some um, don't work very well with dialects and different accents. So if you've got quite a strong accent, it will struggle to understand what you're saying. But yeah, all the all the kits on your phone. The only thing I would say is if you're playing with editing for the very first time, you might find it easier to do it on a bigger screen rather than a small one. Uh, to get it right um, I would certainly recommend that if you're going to go down the editing route is to maybe do it on a, a desktop or a laptop PC first so you can uh, learn how to do it and then doing it smaller scale becomes easier um, so live videos or recorded there's a lot of talk about the algorithms on social media um, I've been recording should I do a live to help with my my post reach lives are good and yes you're right a lot of the social media platforms like you to do live videos. There is a right way and a wrong way to do it, though. If your page doesn't have much in the way of activity or followers, if you're doing a live, then not many people are going to pay attention because not many people are knowing that you're doing it. The first rule I would always say if you're doing a live is to book an appointment with your audience and tell them when you're doing it. Uh, because if people know that at seven o'clock on a Friday, every Friday you go live, then gradually people will start to pay attention. Uh, the other caveat to doing lives, I would say, is that you need to be good at it. And this goes back to the whole video thing about practicing. People need to know that you mean business and you need to be great at it. So if you're not that confident at it, I would suggest perhaps you do records first because recording means that you're not making your mistakes in front of an audience, in front of your audience. You're learning as you go along. You're becoming more confident and becoming better at presenting. And then when you do do a live and you schedule a live, you're going to get an audience easier and you're more likely to keep an audience because you've learned how to become compelling you've learned how to uh, present and be engaging there's a couple more questions in you're doing well by the way so far these are good questions this is so strange i still feel weird but it's all right so if people are listening and thinking right okay i get it i need to really start sorting out my marketing and my video marketing but they're not quite sure where to start or what to talk about what top three things would you say to them they need to be thinking about in order to start thinking creatively to how to come how to create video content yeah that's a good one the thing is with social media is in order for it to be successful you need to be consistent it's no good putting out a video once every three months uh, or you know give it another two months and then post another video give it another week and you, it, you can't be sporadic about it you need to be consistent so that means you have to come up with quite a lot of content and you have to come up with it quite regularly but first and foremost back to what we were saying at the beginning Claire is understand your audience understand what makes them tick understand what they want you to uh, what do they want to see the more you understand about the audi your audience that gives you a whole list of different bits of content that you can put together because you understand you know what they what they want you to do 
look at what's going on in the news. If there's a topical subject that relates to your audience and relates to your business, then you should so be doing a video about that or producing some content about it because that topic is uh, a trending topic. People are already talking about it. So you're talking about something that your audience has already got an interest in. If you've got a blog, uh, a blog space on your website, for instance, have a look at some of the content that you've written about. Could you turn in any of that content in a video? Fabulous. Um, thinking about the content, so many people say, oh, I'm not quite sure what to put. And sometimes I think that, to be honest, I think I'm not quite sure what to put. But actually, every day in business, you've got your content there, haven't you? Because you've had conversations with people. Um, you know, you've been to places, you've been to meetings, you've shared experiences, you've got to know people. So therefore, surely that's that is your content. Yeah, and the more you do it, the easier it becomes to do too. Once you get into the um, the framework of coming up with content and thinking about content, then all the time that's in the back of your mind. So whatever situation you put yourself in, whatever happens to you during the day, in the back of your head you're thinking, oh, is that something I could turn into something I could put out on social media? Could I make a video out of that? Uh, and suddenly you'll end up with so much information, so much, so many ideas because you already think you're tuned into that. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Just just practice and, re and re repeating it, isn't it? Um, and I think very often in business as well, it's just unlocking a certain part of your brain to come way to that round to that way of thinking. If that makes sense? Unlocking a certain part of your brain. I love that. I know. Sometimes mine gets a little bit stuck. <laughs> We don't unlock parts of your brain often on this show, Claire, do we? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> um, right, so, well, thank you very much. It's been very informative. I think I know what's coming. <laughs> you do. So, oh. let's ask a few more questions. Are you ready? Do you know what? It's just funny, isn't it funny how we've been doing this now for six months and I've never actually thought what I would answer to these questions. So this is going to be completely on the fly what are you going to say so your favorite smell okay i'm going to go for a boring one and one that i know has been answered before but there's a special reason why it's my favorite smell and it's cut grass and the reason why it's cut grass is because my dad uh bless him he's not with us now was fastidious about cutting the lawn to the point where you could almost put a ruler up against the lines in the lawn and you knew that they would be straight. And uh, it was a, a, a in the summer when I was a kid, it was a ritual. Every Sunday he'd be out cutting the grass and it would look like a cricket pitch. It was amazing. But I remember the times when he used to ask me if I'd cut the grass for one reason or another. And he would be watching me like a hawk, making sure pressure. that oh, it was unbelievable pressure mm. um, to make sure those lines were, were dead accurate. So, yeah, smell of cut grass always reminds me of my dad and his, um, his, his anal attention to detail with his lawn mowing. Oh, bless. It's interesting when we ask the question about the smells, the emotions that people share that are attached to it. It just goes to show what a powerful, a powerful thing the sense of smell is, isn't it? Oh, I know. I'm thinking back to some of the answers we've had in the past, Claire, and I think a lot of them are associated with memories, aren't yeah, they? Yeah, with, emo with emotional memories. It'd be nice if you could pop things like that, wouldn't it? Put them in a jar and put the lid on and just every now and again opening it. Oh, yeah, like scratch and sniff lawn mowing or something. <laughs> so the most famous person you ever met? Yeah, see, I met quite a few famous people in my time and interviewed quite a few when I was on the radio. I know who my favourite one was. My, my, uh, and, and it was two guests, actually. My favourite was Chaz and Dave. Chaz and Dave. Uh, my co-host on the radio station at the time arranged for Chaz and Dave to surprise me on my birthday. 
we were on air doing the breakfast show. My uh, co-host said to me, I've got a bit of a surprise for you and it's your birthday today. Um, I've got someone, we've got someone to sing happy birthday uh, for you. And in walks Chaz and Dave with acoustic guitars singing happy birthday. That is so cool. That is very cool. And they were really lovely guests as well. Lovely people. We had a great chat. We had them obviously had them on the show all morning. Okay, so how about your favourite movie? Now, I know I'm a little bit rubbish with films and movies, but I'm intrigued to find out what your favourite movie is. Well, I don't mind a bit of Star Wars, Claire, and I know you like a bit of Star Wars. Yeah, um, I do. But it has to be Back to the Future. Back to the Future. So in the second Back to the Future film, they go to the future, don't they? Mm-hmm. So the date they went to in the future was the 21st of October 2015. Oh, right, OK. On the 21st of October 2015, my friend arranged for a Back to the Future party and we had a private screening of the first Back to the Future film. That's a really good idea. And one of the things that we did during that, um, during that screening is we had to put our hand in, a, in a, uh, a hat and pick out a bit of paper and on the piece of paper was a quote from the first film. Oh, wow. And when it, when it came up in the film, when we were watching the film, we had to stand up and recite it. That's a really good idea. I bet you were in your element, weren't you? Oh, I loved it. I can't remember what I had to say, but uh, yeah, that was a really great day. But yeah, so Back to the Future, my favourite film. Yeah, it's one of those films that is completely timeless. Did you like that? Yeah, I see what you did there. Well, that has been an experience, interviewing <laughs> a professional radio presenter. So how did I do? Oh, that was good. That was good. It was weird. Uh, I think it was weird, weird because yeah, we're so used to interviewing other people, but you to interview me is a bit bizarre. But yeah, that was it was all right, actually. <laughs> you survived. You can go and have a lay down now. Um, so uh, how can people contact you? So with regards to the uh, video marketing, what's the best way so people can come and check out some of your videos? So my video marketing company is PM2 Media. I know we don't shout about what we do outside of the podcast on the podcast but um yeah that's where you can find me doing all those kind of things and um uh, yeah we, we we obviously have the big little business club now claire too mm-hmm. yes. so just search for big little business club on facebook and you'll find us come and join the group and uh, we have all our previous guests on there sharing advice and sharing tips from their areas of expertise and I'll often share things as well from PM2 Media too. This is the Big Little Business Show, the podcast with bigger tips for small business. So can I rest now? Can I breathe? Yeah, I actually did think you were... I I don't know if I'm right, but I felt that sometimes you were holding your breath. (laughs) Because (laughs) when you were thinking, are you holding your breath? I I almost wanted to go, hello? Are you there still? It was a bit like an out-of-body experience, Claire. (laughs) Yeah, I have that effect. (laughs) I almost had to think oh, hang on a minute, this is not my own podcast here. This is not our podcast. This is just being interviewed for another podcast because I've been on other podcasts talking about this in the past. But then, you know, then brought back and I'm thinking, oh, no, actually, I'm being interviewed on my own podcast. This is really weird. Well, I think you did very well. And I can't believe you sprung it on me. And perhaps I need to get my own back. No, no, no. As I've said before, it's one way. Yeah, I can have fun <laughs> and spring things on you, but you can't do it back to me. Two-way street. You should know me better than that by now. <laughs> no, my games are always the best. Anyway, it's one way. <laughs> I'm formulating my plan. Oh no. Uh, so let's finish off the. Um, let's finish off because well, we don't have anything to say. We can't critique our own interview, can we? <laughs> no. <laughs> That's what we would normally do at this point. So, well, he was really good, wasn't it? Oh, I didn't like what you said there. <laughs> Well, I felt that you came out with some very useful tips and I did make some notes and I did I did learn from it as well. And I really need to get my own uh, dialogue, um, some words 
um, what am I trying to say? Dialogue words, what am I trying to say? I think you need to learn how to speak <laughs> first, Claire. <laughs> I can't speak anymore. Um, yeah, so because I, I haven't been using uh, the text underneath, um, so I need to be looking at that. So, yes, thank you very much, Mr Mumford. Very Mr good. Mumford. I always feel like I'm being told off a little bit. Does it make, not make you feel official? <laughs> no, it makes me feel like I've been naughty. <laughs> No. It's a good job we don't know my second name, although we would be dropping that in, and then I would really feel like I was being naughty, because that's what my mum always used to do. Full name if you're not behaving yourself. What is your second name? I don't know your second name. And I'm not telling you. Have you got a second name? No, I really haven't got a second name. And everyone always says, well, you must have. I really haven't got a second name. So every week we like to finish off the podcast by uh, bigging up someone who's come and found us on social media, maybe a person who's a part of the Big Little Business Club or someone who just listens to the show. And we're really grateful. At this point, I think it's worth saying that we're really grateful for everyone who listens to the show. Uh, we've been doing it for six months or so now. And uh, every week we look at the stats and see that our audience is growing. Uh, we're getting people listening to us in all different countries. So whether you're listening to us in the UK, the US, Canada, Australia, New Zealand, uh, or Asia, wherever you're listening to us from, uh, we love having you with us and thank you very much. But anyway, let's big up someone who listens to the show. Who are we begin up this week? So I'd like to big up Catherine Downs. So Catherine Downs has been really enjoying the episodes in the show because especially uh, due to the fact that Catherine's recently started her own business. So, of course, she's very much in the early stages. Where can we find her? Find Your Calm is find the net. Find Your, your... Calm. Oh, I, yes. need, I, need, I need this woman in my life. <laughs> You do after that, after that interview. <laughs> it's now, yeah. Find your calm dot what? So find your calm dot org dot uk, oh, oh, but what? also can be found on Facebook as well. Start living mindfully with find your calm. I just felt this was uh, well to obviously you know thank Catherine for listening as well, but to give her a shout out because. I'm listening to certain people who are starting their businesses during, you know, the, the world's biggest global pandemic. And I just think, you know, hats off to people who are starting businesses during these times, because if they can get through this, they can get through most things. Um, but Catherine's background is uh, as actually as a teacher. Um, her whole career was as a teacher and she realised very quickly the significance and the importance of mindfulness and how much better we can be as individuals through education and business by having, yeah, having the right calmness and finding your calm. So well done, Catherine. Yeah, well done, Catherine. That's a very brave... Well, it, it, it is a brave thing to start the new business uh, in the current climate, but it's also a, an exciting thing because you're starting from a different viewpoint you're starting in a covid world you're starting in an unusual world and if you can survive and grow your business in this environment think how great you're going to be when this is all over and we're out the other side oh absolutely the businesses that are really struggling are the businesses that um are used to doing it in a certain way and now suddenly they have to think differently so if you're thinking differently from the outset then brilliant you're, you're, you've got a you've got a head start above everyone else yeah that's spot on completely agree with that Yes. Uh, so go and check her out at findyourcalm.org.uk and that pretty much ends possibly the most stressful episode we've done so far. Uh, so anyway, come and find us on social media. Uh, you can find us at Instagram. You can find us on LinkedIn. Just search for Big Little Business Show and Facebook too where you can also join the Big Little Business Club. 
and get extra advice from all the experts we have on the show uh, over the last six months or so. Don't forget to go and check out all our back episodes. We've got loads of them, lots of really useful advice to help your business think big. And whatever platform you're listening to us on, don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review because that really helps to big us up in podcast land. And that pretty much does it. Thank you very much, Claire. That was I think I need a gin and tonic <laughs> now after that. And perhaps a cheeky custard cream. <laughs> Say goodbye. Bye-bye. <laughs> You've been listening to The Big Little Business Show with Paul Mumfords and Claire Horsley. You can subscribe to get the latest episodes via iTunes, Spotify, TuneIn and everywhere you find your favourite podcasts. Come and find us at biglittlebusinessshow.co.uk and we're on Facebook too. Just search for Big Little Business Show. The Big Little Business Show is a PM2 Media and Excel Networking production.